The following is a presentation of AOW Productions. This program contains adult content. Listener discretion is advised. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts of this program do not necessarily stand to reflect those of this station or its management. Bringing you controversy at its best with uncensored music, comedy, and political discussion. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Outlaw Radio. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Outlaw Radio for the 10th of April, 2021. I'm your host, Bad Billy. And what a great show I have lined up for you. Yes, I hope I'm going to be live again uh, starting next Saturday, but you can hear I'm still piecing it together. That's okay, because I still have a great show lined up for you. In just a little bit, you're going to hear the interview that I conducted with opus he's from the drummer of the band dead in november they're out of connecticut they've actually done some big things in the past so this is going to be something fun and interesting later on you're going to hear a brand new segment because the false president that we have sitting in the white house right now is uh, deciding to push for some extreme gun control gun control laws that um have to be discussed along with any other political discussion and uh, my first ever guest for that segment is going to be philip smith of the national african-american gun association which i am a member of yes i am white and i am a member of his organization so i have a conversation with him so overall we've got a great show planned out but before we get to that I want to cue one of the latest singles from Dead by Wednesday. Here is SOS. And I'll be back with the interview I conducted with Opus right after this. And we go a little something like this. Hit it. now from a rented basement because bad billy's mom threw him out it's outlaw radio
Hey there, Thrill Seeker, rocking out to the station. I hear you, you're probably even sipping on a drink right now. An average blah blah drink in a can or bottle, one that doesn't quite hit the spot for you. I'll bet you want something different, don't you? Something more. Take your shot with Cold Cock Whiskey, the best whiskey anywhere. Why? Because it's different from other liquors. Cold Cock Whiskey is herbal whiskey. 100% all natural herbs blended with aged American whiskey. No more morning after sugar hangovers from other liquors. With Cold Cock's blend of herbs, including green tea, hibiscus, ginger, eucalyptus, and more, you'll be in herbal heaven. Cold Cock Whiskey, available at spirit stores and distributors America-wide. Find one near you at coldcockwhiskey.com. Follow Cold Cock Whiskey on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Celebrate those special moments with friends. Raise your glass. Take your shot. You must be 21 or older to drink Cold Cock Whiskey. Please drink responsibly. Because there are some people out there who need practical advice. And yes, I'm talking about you. Wisdom beyond value from the desk of Mr. Holland. Porn couldn't be that bad for you, or there wouldn't be so many nuns in it. Ooh, is that Mr. Holland? Yes, ma'am. Please don't touch. I strongly believe. I think you're. I have the right to f- Some people live in a world of censorship, forced to keep their thoughts and ideas quiet. But I have the right to freedom of speech, and so do you. Let your voice be heard. I, I have the right to freedom of speech. This message is brought to you by the NAB Education Foundation, the Broadcast Education Association, McCormick Foundation, and this station. First, there was Cracked Up Live. This is Cranked Up Live. Then, Cranked Up Went Country. Today's best and tomorrow's greats. Cranked Up Country. Now, Cranked Up Live is back. This is a sizzling hot podcast. Cranked Up Live. Curtis McKinney and Brad Hennington will keep you listening, keep you laughing, and keep you coming back for more. Convicted felons will no longer be called convicted felons. Do you know what they want to call them, Curtis? <laughs> no. Justice-involved individuals is what they renamed them. Listen and download the podcasts at crankeduplive.com. Check them out on Facebook at facebook.com slash crankeduplive. Cranked Up Live. Some material may not be suitable for children under 18. I'm Nick, and you're listening to Outlaw Radio, where we say what the fuckity fuck we want. No exceptions. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you have just heard SOS by Dead by Wednesday, and it is my pleasure to welcome their drummer, Opus, to the show. Opus, how you doing, brother? What's happening? How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thank you very much for joining the show. No, thanks for having us, man. Having me, and it's beautiful out today, so I'm outside in the deck, kicking it back, doing an interview with you, so it's a good day. Yeah, yeah, I like hearing that, for sure, yes. (laughs) Yeah, and um, I got to admit, I really haven't had a whole lot, just uh, maybe a a few here and there out of uh, New England uh, join my show, but hey, it's great to have you on. So. Oh, yeah, well. A lot of great talent out this way, man. Yeah, oh, we're going to get into that for sure. <laughs> T- 
to, to start with, uh, why don't you give the listeners a little background, tell the listeners a bit about uh, Dead by Wednesday for those that aren't familiar. Okay. Well, um, Dead by Wednesday was um, basically a, um, a rebirth of a band um, from the 90s that I used to play in called Gargantua Soul. It was a really big band, um, different era. Uh, from the ashes of that band became Dead by Wednesday. It was it was built on a huge middle finger towards the record industry because basically um, the band that I was in imploded because of uh, the way the industry was back then and how they handled bands and uh, and dif- basically how uh, different genre of musics kind of go out of, out of out of um, trends and because um, nice, it was a rap rock band and we were actually one of the first people to do that. And um, we were managed by Rage Against the Machines, tour manager, and we played Woodstock 99. We did a lot of huge stuff that pretty much was on the breaking point of making it um, as, a, as a commercially uh, successful major artist. And we had, like, you know, Avery Littman from um, Universal calling us and uh, guys from Atlantic. And it was just it was a different era. Um, I started when I started when I was 13 years old, and I basically booked my first show and never looked back. And I literally have never missed um, a tour or a show since, unless only one time when I got sick three years ago, which was a life changer for me. Uh, but basically, the band started in 2006. Uh, the first album was on Jamie Josta from Hatebreed's record label, Stillborn Records, and it sold amazing out the box in 2006 with a debut album called democracy is dead. And that title was meant towards the band members at the time from the prior band, sort of like, you know, like too many cooks in the pudding here uh, in the soup. Uh, democracy is dead and middle finger towards the industry. And I left and I wanted to go back to my roots and my roots were, you know, like thrash, uh, more heavy metal, like Megadeth, who I actually play with now i play with the bass player uh of that band uh on his solo project ellison but also um uh metallic uh megadeth like that kind of slayer that kind of style was more my roots and although i love all different styles of music and i'm uh, i'm I, I actually play a lot of different styles of music i respect and appreciate it that was my roots so with uh dead by wednesday i, I wanted to go back to my roots after that whole scenario and um, that's how Dead by, you know, Dead by Wednesday came about. And it started in 2006. It did really well out the box through with the label with, with Jamie at the time. Because Jamie Johnson from Hatebreed's from my area here, where I'm calling you from, New Haven, Connecticut. So when we were from here making some noise. So, you know, we all look out for each other. That, that New England, uh, you know, hardcore love and brother brothership. And uh, he, he put it out. Um, and since then, we've just been doing our thing and touring and had a couple, you know, up lulls like, like any other career, like a roller coaster up goes up and down. Um, and basically we lost members, gained members, and we're here today still kicking butt. And one of our songs is beat down and broken, but we're still here. And that's basically what's, what's happening. Yes. Yes, indeed. Even through COVID. Even through COVID. <laughs> yes. Yeah. There's a lot you were telling me too, that I, I can relate to a lot too. Now, I'll, I'll tell you a, a bit of a funny story too. Is you're you're talking to somebody who first listened to Slayer 
when he was eight years old. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then, of course, wow. I grew up in, uh, in yeah, with a very uh, strict in a strict religious household. So there were certain things I know I wasn't allowed to listen to. So I had to, I had a bunch of cassette tapes like uh, you know Guns N' Roses, Slayer. Metallica, whomever that I honestly was not allowed to listen to, and so <laughs> I had to. Uh, what I did, if I wanted to listen to him, you know, and I had to keep, I had to keep him um, out of my guardian's reach, so I couldn't, uh, you know, because if they they saw them, they uh, they found out uh, they destroy them. So I I had a plastic garbage bag and, and a box of cassette tapes that I can't. I kept about maybe a hundred yards away from the house, buried wow. buried in in a in a hole in a field nearby. That's crazy, man! To have to do that to listen to music. I mean, <laughs> I, I, that that just baffles me, man. That's, that's amazing. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, and I take nothing away from uh, you know my aunt and uncle who raised me. You know, because uh, I, I'm grateful for what they did, but they were a bit radical. Um, with well, that us. makes you that yeah. makes you want to do it more, you know. It makes yeah. you want to listen to it now. You, now it makes you appreciate the music more. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because because you know it was considered what satanic back then or whatever, you know. And I mean, there's a couple of songs that uh, by Slayer that I will not listen to because because those factors are brought in. Yeah. But, uh, you know, because I still respect my Christian beliefs, you know. I mean, I don't think listening to that music makes me any less of a Christian than they are, to be honest with you. Um, well, you know, I, I look at life and, and life and religion and everything as a balance. Mm-hmm. And, and that goes with um, with the same the saying, everything in moderation. I think that you need the light, you need the darkness with the light. You need the light with the darkness. It's a balance. Without one, there isn't the other. And if you and if you stand in the middle, and you have a little bit of you 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 know what's right and wrong, and and you sort of you're you always are on the good path, but you have to also understand and respect what's behind you, and and you have to move. You know what I mean? Like it, it's not it's not something that you want to uh, just completely, you know, you, you, have, you not I don't want to say dabble in it because that's not right the word right word but you have to understand it and appreciate just like anything else and um, that's what a lot of people are missing nowadays is balance balance in life and and basically just balance in every in every factor everything in moderation if you eat if you eat too much food what happens if you drink too much alcohol what happens if you do anything in in too much it's bad so yeah I mean. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, you talk, you talk about the, the time in which you started too. I mean, um, you know, here we are now, let's, let's take a moment to talk about that. Um, here we are in the digital age, you know, cause when I first, when I first started the show, I was living in uh, Ohio and then I, I came back West of course, since then, um, but uh, I do miss the uh, local music scene that that was in Ohio. Um, but uh, you know, it seems to be growing in the in the New England area as well. In fact, I I, I lived in Pennsylvania for for a time, and I I remember there was a battle of the bands at a at a local bar. Unfortunately, I didn't get to attend that event, but I remember one of the bands had a name that I could I could never forget called 
it was, it was a hardcore thrash band called I Want to Kill You. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, I've actually heard of those guys, man. <laughs> I, I've heard those guys. And you know what? They, they moved on to, I think, um, yeah, I totally remember those guys. I think it was, it was one of the guys named Troy Hinton. I just remember the band, the name of the band. I don't, I'm, you know, I never I, got a chance to hear their music or anything. I totally remember. I totally remember them. And they're from, I think, Reading, Pennsylvania. Yep. That's and, where I lived. Uh, and Frank, Frank Phobia. Uh, you know, Frank? No, I can't say Frank that Phobia. I do. Uh, you, you run a lot of shows there. Uh, Anthrophobia, the band Anthrophobia. Um, Frank Phobia, DRP Records. He we do a lot of shows. Uh, he was a promoter in that area, and and he knew that guy. That guy, um, yeah, I remember. I he played in another local band too. I forgot the name of him, but he uh, he had like the connections with the Wolfpack guy there from Pennsylvania. Yeah. Um. Got, yeah. Totally, man. It's a small world, small rock and roll. Once you know a, a bunch of people, it's. They're all connected in some way, you know? Well, and you also uh, mentioned uh, Jamie Jasta from Hatebreed, too. And uh, Hatebreed's a band I absolutely love ever since. A friend of mine told me to check him out, you know. And I, I like... One of the reasons why I like Hatebreed so much, too, is is uh, they're, they're so... They're so different in, in their approach and the way they write a lot of songs, too, which, um, you know, um, kind, of, kind of put kind of shut a lot of people up too is a lot of people uh, who don't understand heavy metal and look at it at a negative light and then um you know hate breed was the first one i actually listened to the lyrics and uh, saw that uh, jamie even though he, he was screaming the top of his lungs his his lyrics were about positive issues you know yeah, I mean, he, he actually he, yeah. he's actually uh he's a, basically what he's doing is He's a motivational speaker who's yelling at you like an army sergeant. Yes, exactly. Exactly. That's a and good way over, to put it. Over over aggressive music. And and the thing is is that I worked for him for years. I were I, I ran all the hate wear, his uh his clothing line for a long time in the warehouse and I did the uh, uh mayhem tours and I sold his stuff. So we're really tight and uh, basically he, he helped break this band from the get go. Um, we were always, it was funny cause he was a little younger than me. So he loved and respected my old band, Gargantua Soul. And then he blew up. And then when I started my new project, he sort of like lifted, you know, put out his hand to lift me up and kind of help me out again. Um, and he does that with a lot of people. He's actually doing that right now with D. Snyder and and helping D with his brand new solo album. And my producer Nikki, who produces all the music that you're playing and hear on the show and just in general, um, he's D. Snyder's drummer. Who, it's, it's like I say, we're all connected. It's, it's pretty mm -hmm. wild. Um, but yeah, but, but yeah. So, yeah, um, so you're saying though, as far as New England goes, New England has you know. People don't realize that we have, you know, where I live is in the middle of Boston and New York, and and New England, in Connecticut has some of like bands you don't even realize. Like Stained is Massachusetts, Godsmack Massachusetts. Um, you know, we had Revly, we had uh, uh, what's the the guy Aerosmith, we had um, 
Nuno Betacor was that band there. I forgot his, his band there. Nuno, um, uh, More Than Words, whatever that band is. I forgot now. Um, we had, we still have uh, Hatebreed. We have Acacia Strain. We have um, Shadows Fall came out of here. Um, Kill Switch Engage, All That Remains. These are all bands from this area. Dead by Wednesday, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it is what it is. There's a lot yeah. of bands from here. Yes, yes, and you know I, I was going to say too is uh, there's a there's a band uh, from right here in Idaho. Uh, they're oh, they're no longer together. In fact, it, they've been split up for years. But I don't know if you've heard of them or not. They're called Stacked, and they did a lot of work with uh, Hate Breed as well. That's awesome. Yeah. And then we also have you know Anthrax in New, in New Jersey. Um, you know we have. Uh, you know, and, and, and dude, it's, it's pretty wild, this whole area here. Michael Bolton. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, t- uh, talking about New England, too, there's just one that I can't leave out that uh, I had on my show about three years ago, and I don't know if you've heard of them or not. But, uh, it's a female-fronted group from New Hampshire called Sepsis, who I really like. So. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, actually, I actually totally know who that is, and I've played with them before and um yeah i i see yep she has like colored here colored like colors are here and stuff I, i've seen her before yeah totally yeah they're i know exactly what that is. they are awesome they are awesome indeed Absolutely. yeah so i i gotta ask you where does the name dead by wednesday where does that originate okay so I, I always try to shorten the story, but this is kind of impossible. But again, it stems from uh, we were on a the, my last band, Gargantua Soul. Again, um, when we were first trying to figure out, I was like kind of looking doing this on the side as a side project towards the end of of the band, and just slowly putting it together. And we were still doing shows with the other band, and uh, I think we were on some crazy like three, four night bender where, you know, I don't even, I don't drink at all anymore. I haven't drank in three years, but what I'm saying was back then, um, we went from, I think it was a Halloween show in Salem, Massachusetts. We took a red eye to Puerto Rico, played live that day at the X games. That night we went out all night at the bar in Puerto Rico and they don't close at all until like, like morning time. So it's open all night. We got out of, of the bar. It was morning time. My bass player turned at the time, turned to me while we were going to the beach just to wake up and jump in the water for a second, which was a crazy lifestyle. And he goes to me and he goes, if we keep going, I think it was like a Sunday or a Monday or something. And it was like the next day it was Tuesday. He goes, I think if we keep, if we keep going this way, we're going to be dead by Wednesday. Laugh out loud. Right. And something about it stuck in my head that just the just the the expression "Dead by Wednesday," and I was looking at it as more of like a touring a touring expression, like you know, if you tour a lot, it's the middle of the week, you're touring all week, you're playing every day. By like midweek, you're just shot, you know, like the following week. And and then and then really it started morphing into all these different reasons, but the reality of it is it was just a really cool term that stuck in my head. And then when it was time to name the band, I put that name down on a piece of paper with a few other names. 
And every time I showed it to people or asked people their opinion, like four out of five people at the time in 2004, 2005, whatever it was, would always say, pick it and be like, well, that's a really cool name. Now at the time, there wasn't a lot of bands with three word names. Like, you know, it became like almost, I don't want to say cliche or passe, but kind of like that, almost an emo sound where it's like, you know, taking back Sunday, another lost year, stuff like that. And, but we were started, we had that name in 2000 something. And then what's weird about it is we had established as that. And we were touring as that we had albums under that, under different labels and throughout the, all these years. And then all of a sudden Chester from Lincoln park comes out with uh, dead by, or no, uh, what was it? Uh, dead, uh, dead by sunrise. And like, like a few years ago before he passed away. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, didn't he do a Google search? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. uh, but whatever. And then, and then there's dead by April in, in, in Europe now. And then you, you see all these like other expressions that are similar. And I'm not saying that we started it, but definitely at the time it was super original and it stood out and, and I loved it. And now, honestly, you know, this is, you hear this here first. To me, I wish I could change the name to a one-word name, like something like Kiss or something like that, because honestly, like, it's too late now because I developed the brand. We've developed the brand, the band, and we've done it for so many years touring on that name that would, it would almost be a disservice to us. To us. But, um, you know, a part of me wishes that I could only because there's, like, so many, like, different imitators now, whether they did it on, pur- on purpose or intentional, is, is, is irrelevant I, you know to me i would just wish that it was how I, I felt like i felt when it first you know i still like it and people still still like it and the fans like it and everything and it's too late now but at the same time you know at the time it was super original and now it's like if you, if you google search that it comes like that all this different stuff comes up and uh it just sucks you know that when that's kind of when that kind of happens and, um, but I, you know, we, we've had a name since 2004, 2005, and we've been kicking butt and taking names since then, you know? So I go, I go with the, the abbreviations now, like, like almost like DRI or SOD. I, I just say DBW. So it stands for dead by Wednesday, but it's DBW, you know? <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> hey, Hey, it. uh, so sometimes these things just get, just come to you, um, mysteriously or uh, however you know um yes yes. and um so let's uh, take a moment here to talk about uh, the music industry so you started uh, during the 90s when we didn't have the internet to share everything that we have now and um, i started i started before i started before the 90s but i started i I was getting success uh some real success in the nineties for sure. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, I mean, back then, uh, you know, I mean, um, we're talking about the transition into, into from the analog to the digital age, um, you know, going from real to real to using things like Adobe audition and, you know, think, um, it was it was a thing then that if you wanted to make it big, you had to go to places like uh, New York or Los Angeles or what what have you, you know, to to really get get recognized, put your name out there. Um, 
and today all, all you need is the internet now but uh, the, at the same time it's uh, saturated uh, the market a lot too um, what do you what do you think are the pros and cons to each side are well I, I tell you um, I definitely come from an old school mentality and I, I am good at the new school way um, not as good as some techie people who are amazing at computers, but I, I, I get around, I get myself around, but honestly, I come from a time and this is still necessary. And I feel like people, you know, almost take it for granted because they, they feel like not, it's actually just something that's bad to do is to rely on the internet too much is I come from a time where I literally would go out locally all over the place and I would flyer telephone poles and I would put up posters and I would hand out posters at other concerts and, and, and blanket cars at, at other concerts. And I would research who, you know, I would go to places that made sense. Like, okay, so if I was a heavy metal band that was similar, that, that, you know, that might do well with a Slipknot crowd, I would find out where Slipknot's playing and I would go to Slipknot and I would hand out flyers for hours on end. <laughs> yeah, maybe uh, two or three out of the out of the ten people kept it, but you know, I, I, you met people, you talk to them, and then you build relationships, and they come to the shows, and then you get them one at a time, and it builds like a foundation, like Metallica did with the mixtapes. You pass them around, and they would and they would give them away free, almost like a uh, like basically like you know like a street team like um like promo promotional stuff they used to do which now it's all digital and and, and there's it's cool but you know having a uh something in your hand as tangible uh, to me is still necessary or having that reminder on the refrigerator that mail in the mail that used to do a mailing list and spend money on stamps you know yes digital is cool it's a lot easier it's a lot more uh, it's it's cheaper and uh it's more instant <clears throat> but you know there's something to be said about you know having an album in your hands and looking at the artwork while you're listening to it and reading the lyrics while you're while you're listening to it and um and having the whole experience and i feel like that's coming back again actually that that is actually coming back uh, again for the real uh, fans, the real musicians, and, if, if, and and anything that, you know, to be honest with you, if anything that with COVID, if anything, what it, what it's done, what this virus has done is separate, I always say, the boy, the boys from the men when it comes to music. So, and that goes for like the promoters, the clubs, uh, the other bands that are, or the other local bands or whatever who are playing out all the time. Like, what I mean by this is it's already a hard business. This has made it even harder to make a living or, or do anything that's real within the music or entertainment business. But what I mean by boys and, separated boys and men is, is that the people that love music and loved music prior to the virus already are going to be even hungrier and more hungry to want to go out and support music and buy things on, for the bands and support them because they know how hard it was and, and be into the music. But the ones who were already on the fence and that were, that were impossible to get off the couch 
that was like pulling teeth to go to shows and you had like friends that you were like had like begged to go they have now they now have a legitimate excuse which is ah man I'm, i don't want to you know i'm afraid to catch you know covid i don't want to go anywhere blah blah, blah. i don't want to wear a mask whatever it may be now they now have a legitimate excuse to not go to shows anymore ever again because they don't they get oh i don't have my shot whatever so they have so the people that don't really care about music they have a, they're they're just going to end up fading away and that goes for even bands that treat it as a hobby and the ones that really really want to do it really are into it they're going to be have a stronger passion for what what it is does that does that make any sense i, mean, I know i went on a tangent here but oh it makes perfect sense makes perfect sense so I, you know, you brought up COVID too, and I, I just have to ask, uh, I don't really want to dwell on this subject too much, but uh, overall in the past year, um, what are the pros and cons you think you can take out of COVID? Because I, you know, honestly, there's, even though that you have to perform a stream on the internet, uh, you know, can't really be in front of a live crowd for a time being or so. Uh, there's there's uh, um, other things uh, I've heard like uh, more time in the studio, more time to write songs. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Oh yeah, we 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 definitely yeah. utilize. We didn't. A lot of people just get lazy and they don't do anything. We definitely utilize a lot of the uh, our time to write and record. We're almost done with a brand new album because of it, and um, it's basically time to really. We we did it remotely, so everyone could have their own uh, studios, and we're able to like do FaceTime meetings and, and, and send ideas back and forth. And, and, uh, and, and it was just really a different time. So everything kind of slowed down, which is cool in a sense. And, you know, what else? The other pros, pro, pro is that, um, you know, if, if you're in a good frame of mind, what, what it's also done is brought families closer together. Like I have spent more time home, not touring and with my, my son, and and and, uh, and with my girl and and had more time together than we've ever had before. So and I was able to save save money and not have to like do all these things sometimes. So it, it, it is there is a lot of pros and cons. You know, we worked on the house. We did a lot of things. I mean, yeah, it's it's a different type of um, lifestyle, but it's it's not. It's all how you look at things. You know. You can look at things negatively, or you can try to look at things positively as well, and that's, you know, that's what we try to do. Make the best of it, the best you can, for sure. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Now, uh, one question I got to ask you. This is a question I love asking, just because of the crazy fucked up answers I get from it. <laughs> but um, it. Now, this doesn't matter if you're playing some uh, dirty dive bar, some shithole out in the middle of uh, nowhere, Kentucky, that uh, holds a maximum capacity of 25 people, if you're lucky, or you just booked out Madison Square Garden. What is the craziest thing you have witnessed uh, b while performing on stage, do you think? Uh... I would have to say the the um, uh, the fires at Woodstock. Oh. We played. We were the only. We were the only unsigned band 
your only unsigned band to play Woodstock. Um, our day, it didn't happen while I was performing, but the very next day while we were there, it started, and I hightailed my butt out of there. I'm like, oh, this is going to get bad. And they started the fires and burning the gates and everything and tearing everything down because they were people were pissed because, um, you know, they, the water, they were rob- robbing people for money for water. They, they, they were giving everyone dirty water, and it was just... It was just bad. It was bad scene. So I would say that's one of the, probably the craziest where I actually performed. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the fire is starting. That's a, that's a different one I haven't heard before. Oh, yeah. So, well, actually, that's another thing, too. It's called about fire starting. In my uh, band previous, mm-hmm. um, again, we, we would have the percussion player would would breathe fire like Gene Simmons. He would like do it as like a gimmick, almost like a circus sideshow. Mm-hmm. We were like a, we were like a wild show. We did like you know we got painted up and uh, the whole body head to toe, and it was just a wild show. But anyway, um, now that was more about the show back then, and and now I'm more about the music and what what, what we're writing. Like you know, down to like less is more. Like the like one guitar, one bass, one drummer, singer. Like all the greats, like Van Halen, you know, Pantera, Led Zeppelin, Black Sabbath, um, bands like that, which is one, you know, one guitar player, one bass player. So basically, do as much as you can with as little instruments as possible. But you know, the show. Back to the show. You know, we were like a wild show, and um, and so the guy would breathe fire, and literally while I was playing drums, I watched him do it one night, and he lit my guitar player on fire his, oh, his hair wow. lit on fire um his, the, the guitar was on fire and the ba- my bass player dropped his guitar and just tackled him because he didn't even know he was on fire and he put him out and that was pretty much the craziest thing i probably saw while i was performing drums and i kept playing as best as possible until it was pretty much at the last minute and i was like you know what this is this is this isn't going well and I stopped, but I was the last to stop, of course, being the drummer. <laughs> wow, that's that's crazy. <laughs> that is so definitely. That was pretty- <laughs> <laughs> and uh, as far as uh, any upcoming gigs or tour dates, uh, what's in the horizon for you? Oh, we got some great stuff coming up, actually. Uh, we just got announced yesterday. So, uh, the end of June, the 24th, 25th, and 26th, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, last weekend of June, uh, we're, Dead by Wednesday is going to um, Pompeo, Pompano Beach, Florida, uh, Tampa, and Orlando. We're playing three shows, opening for the legendary uh, band Puya. Uh, Puya was on Atlantic Records. They, uh, they're from Puerto Rico. They're one of the most prominent Latin, uh, Latin American, uh, uh, basically metal salsa, uh, band, original unique band. Um, they, they did, they did Ozfest. They toured Red Hot Chili Peppers, everybody under the sun. Um, they're amazing. And, um, we're opening for those guys. They're, they haven't played a show in, in, in the U S in over a decade. They're back all original members, Puya, and we're opening for them for three shows in Florida. And then uh, we're doing a, another big live stream on a huge website that uh, I can't disclose yet but um, because it's, it just hasn't been announced, so I can't do it before they do. But keep an eye out. 
on all our social media. I'll, I'll give you that at the end of this. And then, uh, and then in September, this was already announced too. Um, we are also going out for four shows, uh, September 23rd, 24th, 25th, 26th. I, I think that's the last weekend of September again. And we're, uh, opening up for, uh, David Ellison of Megadeth. Um, it's called the Bass Chronicles. It's kind of like, uh, like a master class, and he goes through his whole career, and we, he plays a bunch of like old school Megadeth that that you don't hear when you go see Megadeth, like uh, hidden tracks and stuff, and like some solo stuff that, he, that he's done, and some covers. And what's cool about this show is that when we open the show, Dead by Wednesday plays, but then me. Uh, and my guitar player from Dead by Wednesday, Dave Sharp, we both sit in with David Elveson of Megadeth, and we play with him as well. So it's a really amazing show, and, and it's an amazing opportunity for us, and it really uh, it's helped grow our band as well as our brand being associated with David. And obviously, our, our new album is on his label, Combat Records, uh, David Elveson's label. And so the relationship is, is awesome, um, and... You know, we get to open up for them and play with them. What could be better than that? And that's what happened coming up in September. And all the information you can find on all of our websites and, and, and social media. And our main site, uh, has, it hasn't been updated in a while, but I, I think everything's still up there. That you can at least find us. Uh, deadbywednesday.com, obviously. And then on all the social media, if you go to Instagram, um, you go to Facebook, Twitter, it's just you know, slash dead by wednesday so as long as you know how to spell wednesday you're good so d-e-a-d by wednesday w-e-d-n-e-s-d-a-y wednesday and that's all social media and then the only thing that's different is uh our youtube page that's abbreviated it's dbw tv so it'd be youtube.com slash dbw tv a lot of videos are up there and if you want uh any merchandise um, or music, you can go to our Bandcamp. If you go to bandcamp.com slash deadbywednesday, it'll come up. We have a bunch of stuff there. And so you can buy a bunch of different merchandise like koozies and masks and girl tank tops, tie-dyes, long sleeves, hoodies, shorts, you name it. Um, go to elefsonmusic.com. That's E-L-L-E-F-S-O-N music, elefsonmusic.com. And uh, click on uh, Dead by Wednesday. All our stuff is there. So that should be plenty of information to find us or just Google Dead by Wednesday and you'll you'll find it. Okay, yeah. Yes. I'll ha probably have you repeat your website uh, uh, later on. I got uh, one more question for you. Um, okay, and Spotify too. We have a Spotify. Oh, yeah. Obviously. <laughs> yes. Um, let's say a group of kids ages... Uh, 15 to early 20s approach you and tell you they're going to start a band they want to get into the music business uh, what advice do you think you give them always stay true to yourself never do it for anyone else but yourself um, don't do it for any other reason but because of the music uh, the passion for the music and if you don't have that passion for the music move over and let someone else that does do it because you're just wasting space and you're in the way for the real people. Um, and that's very true. Like what I mean by staying true to yourself is believe in what you do and don't falter or change it for someone else's opinion. Cause you'll be doing that and, and 
until uh, you're blue in the face and you'll be chasing your own tail, trying to keep up with the trends and trying to do what the record labels want. Just do what you do that makes you, that makes you have fun and, and makes you successful. And if you find success, stay true to that and keep it the way it is. You don't see hate breed changing their sound, you know, eight or seven, eight albums later, they're, they sound exactly like they do in the first album. And, um, and that's, you know, that's kind of like very important to do because people that don't, they lose their way and they, and you end up be not, uh, going the opposite way and success does not find you. You have to just do what you do and believe in it and just don't stop. And that's pretty much it. Persevere. You have to always keep going. You can't, can't just, you know, take a night day off to go do whatever. You have to always be there mentally and ready to go. Um, it's not, it's not for everybody. It's either in your blood or it's not. Um, the fire has always been there for me. It's always been burning. It's gone down a little bit here and there, but it's never gone out. If it ever goes out, then music's not for you. This is, a, you have to, a, to do this for real and be pro. You have to be a lifer and you have to live, eat, breathe and, and everything. Otherwise it's just not, it, it, even if you think it's you know, part-time, whatever, cover band, whatever, that's cool. But if you want to do this for a career, it's a hustle, and you have to do multiple things. I don't do just one thing. You know, those days are gone. There's never going to be another Led Zeppelin or a Black Sabbath or a super group where you can make a living doing it unless you're like a 12-year-old pop star that's being, you know, put out by uh, a giant company or Warner Brothers or something, Disney. But as far as rock bands, heavy metal music, which is almost ne nearly dying, um, you know, it's still there. It always will be because it's the underground. The underground will never go away. And that's why I'm, I'm so, I, I'd, I'd rather be respected in the underground than famous for a day. Um, and then, you know, have a one, you know, six, I mean, I don't mind being a one hit wonder if it happens naturally, but I don't try to do that. You know what I mean? I'd rather die and be appreciated for my art afterwards. But basically, you know, be true to yourself. And, and if you're really serious, always persevere and don't stop and um and then you might have a chance all right well that's uh, all the questions i have for you uh, go ahead. what's your uh, website one more time uh it's just deadbywednesday.com or on facebook and instagram twitter just dead by wednesday all um, right youtube is cbw tv and um bandcamp is under dead by wednesday and uh, that's pretty much it all right. Dead well, I want to thank. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I sound like Lars Ulrich. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, I want to thank you very much for joining the show, and I want to wish you the best of luck in your future endeavors. Uh, we're about to hit a uh, five-song music set's going to feature three more of your songs. Uh, but again, thank you very much for taking some time and joining the show. Thank you, uh, and uh, so. How can I uh, share this? Would, would it would it be uh, posted again, or is it just live? Oh, uh, it uh, it will be posted. It, it and um, it will be. Uh, I'll be uh, t tagging uh, okay, ev great. everything from Twitter, and I'll, I'll I'll even text you the link if you like. Sounds great. Thank you very much. All right. Have a great day and great weekend. You too. You take care. All right. Take care, bud. Bye bye. Bye. And there you have the interview that I conducted with Opus of Dead by Wednesday. It's time to take our first music set. 
we have three songs by Dead by November, plus I'm throwing in Kimberly Dunn and New Breed and Jesse Howard into the mix. Be right back after this. This is the kind of thing that just tickles my balls. You're listening to Outlaw Radio, and if you don't agree with our opinions, then fuck your mother. Hey, do you kiss your girlfriend with that mouth? It's no secret. I like dicks. Nobody loves dicks more than us. You should see us on the weekend up at the hunting lodge. Nothing but dicks. My mom finds dicks online. Look at all the dicks. It's never too early to introduce your kids to dicks. 
Sporting Goods.
no other feeling than strapping up or grabbing those kettlebells, grappling on the mat, or doing some shadow boxing, getting knocked down, getting back up, throwing strikes, and then doing it all over again. So when you hear someone scream, gear up, you better get ready, because it's just you, your hunter athletic gear, and the voice telling you to train harder. No matter how much experience you have, hunter athletic gear stands with you all the way. Their products are engineered for utmost comfort, protection, and speed battle after battle hunter athletic gear is the brand celebrating your victory hunter athletic gear has a range of great training and fight gear for men and ladies including compression pants fight shorts hoodies vests caps and bikinis they can create custom branded ranges for your gym or business visit their website at huntermma.co.za gear up and let's train 
What news and information are your media dollars buying when the narrative is prescribed by the advertisers? Scripted lies, media brainwashing, and thought control. Take back your voice. Take back our media. But most of all, take back our First Amendment. Subscribe to Caravan to Midnight today for hard-hitting commentary free from political correctness and media bias as I and some of the most intelligent and interesting people on Earth delve deep into what really lies beyond the headlines. Three to four hour uninterrupted and uncensored information. Join our CTM family today. Join the movement. Join the fight for freedom and independence. Caravan to Midnight is media for the people, by the people, independent of commercial obligations or influence. For less than a cup of coffee per month, you can make a difference. Let the people fund the next news network. Help us grow. Help us create a platform where we place freedom of speech and thought first. Join the family at caravantomidnight.com. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, and when I invented my pillow, I wanted to have everything you'd ever want in a pillow. You can adjust the patented fill to your exact individual needs. You can wash and dry my pillow. It has a 10-year warranty not to go flat, and it's made in the USA. And now, for a limited time, you can get a queen-size premium my pillow for the lowest price ever. Regularly $69.98, now only $29.98. That's a $40 savings. I'm also giving you deep discounts on all my my pillow products including my bed sheets, mattress toppers, and bath towels. Not only are you getting the lowest prices ever, but they make the best Christmas gifts ever. Buy now and I'll extend my 60-day money-back guarantee to March 1st, 2021. Hey, it's Mark, and you know Mike supports the right to keep and bear arms, and we support Mike. Please visit MyPillow.com and click on the Radio Listener Specials box and use promo code AAR for all of Mike's great discounts. Or call 800-978-9358 and remember, use promo code AAR. Save the dates and get ready. Highway 30 Music Fest 2021 will rock the Twin Falls Fairgrounds in Filer, Idaho. June 23rd, 24th, 25th, and 26th. Enjoy good food and drink, country music, Americana music, rock, and red dirt. Artists performing on Friday, June 25th. Austin English. One thing I'll never ask of you. Gotta promise not stop when I say when. Colby Cooper. Cannonball. Cole Wetzel. And more. Sponsors of Highway 30 Music Fest 2021 include Bud Light, Falls Brand Independent Meat Company, and the Rob Green Auto Group. Have a blast while helping organizations and families in need. Highway 30 Music Fest will take place rain or shine. To order tickets and for more information, visit hwy30musicfest.com. Yo, baby, you have your ass all licked by a fat man in an overcoat? Fuck the shit. Fuck the fucking shit. Fuck shit. You're listening to Outlaw Radio. Now buy a sewing machine, take it home, and cram it up your ass. Fuck shit. Fuck shit. Fuck shit. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Outlaw Radio, brought to you by Cold Cock Whiskey. Raise your glass, take your shot. You must be 21 years of age or older to drink. Hunter Athletic, gear up, let's train. And USAC, the United South Africa Coalition. Go to USAC.center for more information. The songs you just heard, you just heard Dead by November with a Megadeth cover. Remember Symphony of Destruction back in the uh, early 90s. Yes, I do. Before that, you heard uh, New Breed and Jesse Howard with No Trespassing. Before that, Dead by November with You and Die, and that's you 
and D-I-E, you and die. <laughs> Interesting title there. Before that, Kimberly done with traffic and starting off the whole set. Dead by November with Mars in Exile. And now, ladies and gentlemen, in just a little bit, we're going to start the brand new segment, Outlaw Radio Gun Talk. But before we get to that, it is time to reveal... The Outlaw Radio Idiot of the Week. And ladies and gentlemen, the Outlaw Radio Idiot of the Week this week is Deldrick Harper out of Vicksburg, Mississippi. Now, it's interesting I'm talking about him since I'm about to do a segment talking about guns and uh, our Second Amendment, but uh, of course he is somebody who is not supposed to have guns. Yeah, he was seen in uh, local rap videos holding weapons, and he is a convicted felon, so he is not allowed to have a gun in his possession, and why would you make evidence that you were doing that? What a fucking moron. <laughs> so I swear some people, I mean, the intelligence level is just not there. And uh, you will see all this, see the article, see uh, his picture up on our Twitter at, uh, at Outlaw Radio ABS. All right, so let's begin the brand new segment for Outlaw Radio. This is Outlaw Radio Gun Talk with Philip Smith of the National African American Gun Association. Outlaw Radio. Gun talk. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this is the first ever segment, Outlaw Radio Gun Talk. My very first guest for this segment, I want to welcome Philip Smith. He is the head, the president, actually, of the National African American Gun Association. Phil, how you doing? I'm doing good. Honored to talk to you. How, how you doing today? Hey, I'm doing fantastic. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, absolutely. Great, great to be here. Yes, yes, indeed. Now, uh, just give us a little bit of uh, insight, a little background on uh, uh, NAGA, as, as you call okay. it for short. Yeah, N yeah, NAGA for short. That's an acronym. Um, yeah, I'll give you kind of a 10,000-foot overview of how I started and how I got to this point just very quickly for your, for your listeners. Um, back in 2016, I got invited to a gun range by two of my coworkers who actually kept bugging me all week long to go to uh, the gun range, and I really had not been to a gun range uh, until that point. And they said, Phil, you got, you got to go. And I said, okay. But finally, after four days, I said, I'll meet you guys Saturday. Met them there on Saturday and had a, a, a hell of a good time, man. Really a, really a nice time. I met some, some great folks. Um, talk to people about guns. We just, you know, the whole time was just really very invigorating. I felt um, like I, I found something that I could really like. And I said, you know what, I'm going to come back the next week by myself just to make sure that I really like it. So I came by myself next week. I stayed about four hours almost. Had a great time. And I said, at that point, if I can have so much fun here and meet great people, learn a skill that, uh, that can literally save me, learning how to shoot a gun because it can save you, it would be something for the community in which I come from, the African-American community. I think a lot of our folks would love to do this and have a great time. So I went home, put some pads of pencil, wrote down some ideas of what I wanted to do, 
how I wanted to structure the organization, and then I launched it. And I'll be honest with you, I didn't think I'd get more than 300 people max for the whole year. And within uh, three weeks, a month, I had over 300 people. Word of mouth, strictly, I was shocked. And the next one, I had like an additional 500 and then an 800. And before you know it, um, uh, I had over 8,000 people. And it got so bad at my job, I had an apparatus on my phone, an app, that every time somebody joined the organization, a little bing would go off at my desk. And all of a sudden, my phone was just going bing, 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 bing. It was just going crazy. And everybody in my office was looking at my phone, and I had it literally turned off because so many people were joining um, the organization. And now we're at about 40,000. Uh, we average about 1,000 new members a month. We have over 135 chapters. Um, the focus of the organization, we're not political at all, but we will back policy as it relates to the Second Amendment. We, we are very strong advocates of the Second Amendment, of course, being Americans that, that we are. And we really look to focus on training and education as it relates to firearms and pistols and rifles. Um, that's the main focus of the organization. Um, training our folks, showing them how to hold a gun, how to, if somebody breaks in your house at two in the morning, what to do. If you live in a rough neighborhood, um, what to, you know, kind of watch out for things and be, you know, proactive in terms of your surroundings. So we really go over life skills that we think our members need. And I say about 70% of our new members are what we call newbies. Mm -hmm. They've never shot a gun before. Um, but they're excited to learn, and we're just really in a really good place. The organization is growing really um, at a fast rate, and we're getting some really good folks joining, so I'm excited. Yes, yes, I can see why for sure. Now, I'm just going to make a quick announcement, too, to the listeners, is um, I, too, am officially, as of uh, about a little over a week ago, I became a member of NAGA now. Some people are wondering why uh, a white guy like me has has joined NAGA. Well, first off, if you look at uh, if you look at BLM, I think they've got more white members than black members. If if you really look at look at it, at least that's what I've seen anyway. I I can't really prove that, but uh, for me, this was this wasn't about race or color of skin or anything like that. This was me wanting to join up with my brothers and sisters of all races to defend our Second Amendment rights, and that's why I became a member. And, and, that, and that's, the, that's the, the focus of the organization. We have, just to let you know, just to let your listeners know, we have over a 1,000 white members that are extremely active. They're probably more active than anybody. Um, we have Asian, we have Latino, and of course we are, we're majority African American, but we have other folks from other areas um, and just to let everybody understand, when you join our organization, we're going to hug you. We're going to give you a high five. And we're going to say, welcome, brother, welcome, sister, regardless of your race or your background. Um, you can be yourself at our organization. We have a lot of fun. Um, we joke. Um, we go out to have, uh, you know, pizza and hot dog after we eat, uh, after we shoot as a group. Um, and just a lot of respect. And the thing about us, and I want to make sure everybody gets this, the, the drift of this, so within our organization, we have a term, we, we call it agree to disagree, but not disconnect, meaning that even though we might have arguments over ARs being allowed or, or, or AK-47s or assault rifles, or you might not believe that people should open carry, we have, we have disagreements like this all the time within our organization, and, and that's okay. I think that's healthy. It doesn't mean we should argue and be angry at one another or, or disconnect. So we always have the philosophy of respecting each other, regardless of what we're talking about. 
and give each other a hug and a high five after we talk and say, hey, we're still brothers, we're still sisters, but we have a difference of opinion and we have to respect each other for that. And that's why I think people really join our organization. Because no matter who you are, you can come to our organization and totally relax and learn about firearms and meet some great folks. And that's a very powerful narrative. And I believe that's the main reason why we're growing so fast from all kinds of folks, Wyoming, Utah, California, Connecticut, Florida, Texas, Mississippi, Georgia, Kentucky, you name it. We're having people join there believing that and, and, and the experience they're getting is that, hey, I can be who I am, learn about a great uh, organization that's doing good things, that's, that's trying to fight for the Second Amendment rights like everyone else is, well, not everyone else, but the certain organizations, and I want to belong to that. I want to participate in that. And I think that's the reason why we've, we've been able to have a lot of success uh, with the organization. Yes, yes, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, just getting back to uh, really quick, I, I just have to ask you, you said uh, second time uh, you uh, went out for a round of shooting, uh, you were doing it for about four hours or so. It sounds like uh, you almost had it till your guns were almost melting there. <laughs> my, my hand was so sore. My fingers were like numb. When I came home that second time, I mean, I was just literally, and I was taking breaks and everything, but I just kept shooting and shooting. I just really had a great time. And it's, uh, you know, it was, it was the, the first time I'd been anywhere by myself, literally shooting a gun. So everything was new. Everything was fresh. I mean, I just literally, every word that somebody said, I was just listening to every syllable that came out of their mouth because it was all new. And I wanted to be, I, you know, I hate failing and being not good at something. So I wanted to make sure that I, I, you know, I held my hands correctly, that I kept my my gun down range, that I was in the low ready position. Whatever, you know, whatever I, I was being told to do by the range officer, and I, they had really good ones there, I did it, and um, I just really enjoyed myself. I just truly, uh, that's one of the best experiences I've had. Definitely, I, I hear you there. I hear you there. Now, um, I'm just, I just like, like you, I heard you say you don't, you're not really political, and I can understand that, but I definitely like to get your opinion on a few things here. Now, as for me and, and my so-called arsenal, which, which isn't, uh, isn't very big. I'm talking, I've got, my wife has one gun for herself and she, she needs, she can't handle recoil because her hands are kind of weak. So I, yeah. I, I got her a, I got her a 22 long rifle pistol, which uh, suits her just fine. But me, I've got, this is what uh, I've got. I've got a 357 Colt revolver, single action. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I've got a bolt action 30 out six uh, that holds a maximum uh, capacity of rounds in the magazine of four. So I, I really don't have a lot, and, and then uh, uh, in the next week I'll have a twelve gauge coming in. That um, you know, and and uh, that's that's all I feel personally. That's all I feel I really need. I have no desire to own anything like a uh, like an AR fifteen or anything like that. But that doesn't mean that I'm against somebody owning an AR fifteen. I I believe that's the their choice. You know, I I mean. A, g- a gun's only dangerous in the hands that it's put in, but uh, you, you know the um, we our, I really feel that our Second Amendment is 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 in a lot of trouble 
And, uh, you know, under, under the current administration we're under now, I mean, I'm not too worried about the firearms that I have because, um, you know, uh, those aren't targeted yet. But I'm afraid in the future they could be, you know, just, uh, there could be a, a radical party co coming in that's going to try to target everything just because that's what Hitler did. You know, he, I mean, he, he targeted everything uh, back in Nazi Germany. Um, as, as far as, uh, your view on, uh, AR, AR-15s and all that, you know, I mean, um, what, overall, what, first off, what's your opinion there when, when it comes to owning a, um, firearm that does have a high, uh, number of rounds you can have in a magazine and something like that? Yeah, I, I'll be honest. When it comes to AR-15, I'm, I'm very... Straightforward. I like the firearm. I, I think I think the, the weapon system is a good one. And, and I, I have two AR-15s at home, and I have an AK-47. But my gun of choice is the AR-15, and this is the reason why. It allows you to protect your family better than any other gun. And, and I know a lot of people will say, "Well, so that's just a, a personal choice. That, that's your, your preference." People would would differ with me from tactical background or law enforcement. They might say, "Hey, Phil, a good pistol is just as good as a." Um, AR-15 in the home, and, and they're probably right, but for my preference, what I feel more comfortable with is AR-15 because it has a high capacity, so no, in other words, you have two intruders or more, you have fire, you have bullets to, to handle that a little better than just one pistol, and it allows you to have a certain amount of um, you know flexibility. So I, I like the gun. I, I think everyone should have the right to own it. Um, it's just as dangerous or not dangerous as any other firearm or weapon system that's out there. Um, but I believe it, it protects your family and yourself better than any um, firearm out there. And there's a reason why people like to buy it, because they understand the versatility. You can use it for hunting. You can use it for sports shooting if you're shooting competitively. And, of course, you can use it for self-defense. So it has a, a lot of um, options that you can utilize it in. So. I mean, well, the, I mean, uh, especially the gun itself, too, can be used as a, as a weapon in more ways than one. And, I'll, t I'll tell you a funny story. Uh, about 20 years ago, um, you know, I, was, I was working in a very small town up in northern Nevada, and um, I, there, there was this one guy that I met, and I, honestly, I could not stand him. You know, he, got on, he got on my nerves like no other, and I had no problem expressing that. Well, that being a small town, and uh, ev everything gets uh, everywhere very quickly, uh, he approached me at my place of employment and told me I'd better shut my mouth or else uh, I'm going to have a problem. And uh, oh, wow. he 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 said, "I'll I'll I'll knock your door down at two in the morning if if that's what it takes." And I said, "You know what's in my house, so if you want to if you want to be stupid and get yourself killed, you're you're more than you're more than welcome to, and that will happen if you try that." And, and, um, he thought I was bluffing and, uh, did that, that day did come, unfortunately, where he was pounding and kicking at my door. Um, so I had no intention of shooting him, mind you. So, mm -hmm. but I grabbed my pump action 12 gauge and I stood right by the door and I just cocked that pump action. Cause that sound is very intimidating. It is very. <laughs> yes. 
So I cocked it to, with the hopes that he was going to go awake. But if that didn't work, plan B, I was going to let him go ahead and try to bash down my door, and he was going to get the gun stock right in his face after that. Um, so, so you know, the I mean, it, the uh, rifles and shotguns, or e even pistols for that matter, can be used as a weapon in more ways than one. I've never shot a person, and I hope I never have to, but I will defend myself by all means necessary when it when push comes to shove, and I'm pretty sure you're exactly the same way. Yeah, I, I, I'm a very easygoing person. I like, I like people. I, I like to consider myself part of the global community. I'm, I'm a good American citizen. I pay my taxes, you know, my wife and kids. That's, that's the most important thing to me. And I, I, you know, that's me. I, I don't, I don't go around trying to be a, a little bully or anything like that. But in the same breath, if somebody tries to bother my family or myself, I do understand that I have the right to protect myself, and that's what I would. That's when I would use every possible option. And the last thing, obviously, and that's the last uh, possibility, uh, short of running, um, is to use a, fi a firearm to protect myself. And I think I have that right. So I'm, I'm in the same breath that you are. Um, Leave me alone, I'm good, but I do have the right to protect myself, and I will use the firearm to, to do that. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, just uh, getting further into our, our conversations, we talk about AR-15s. And um, yesterday when uh, Biden was addressing uh, the, uh, these, these uh, actions he wants to implement, these, um, which I'm pretty sure he's already signed a bunch of executive orders, and uh, this is probably next. You know, he's talking about these kits to where you can build it, and there's no um, serial number. Now, one thing he did say that if if what he said is true, because I never heard this before, that you could buy a kit and put together a gun, and there's no serial number, and uh, you don't have to have a background check for it. This is what he said. I'm I'm not sure. I've never heard of any of this, to be honest with you. You know, if there's that if that is so, if that is correct, those kits should have a serial number. So if there's a crime committed, it's traceable, and um, and there should be a, a normal background check on it, just like there is for any other firearm that you put together. But I, I've I've never heard of this, of course. But uh, you know, this he wants to get every single state to do this red flag thing, and I see a huge, huge problem with this red flag thing that. Uh, he wants to implement uh, nationwide, uh, which means, you know, if somebody perceives you as a threat, you can you can talk to the courts and they can come and seize your guns. And uh, un unless uh, you, until you're deemed as you're not a threat to uh, your community or to yourself, you have your guns back otherwise than that. So what that tells me is, I mean, yeah, that, that may sound good on paper, but uh, just say somebody has a grudge against you. And so... And and uh, maybe they want their opportunity to jump you and beat the hell out of you or something like that, so they can they can just call that in, get your gun seized, so they can catch you when when you're when you're helpless. You know, I mean, there's a lot of holes in this that I I I don't see this as a good thing, but I want to get your take on this. Yeah, I'm I of the two laws that were most alarming to me were the red flag, number one, I, and I agree with you. I, that is extremely dangerous. Um, that can go in a lot of bad directions real quick on some really good law-abiding citizens. If somebody has a vendetta, if you're perceived, you could just be going into a store and you might have yelled at a, a 
somebody who was trying to cut in front of you or something, and somebody could take a recording of that and go to the court and, and say, hey, this guy's a loose cannon out in public. Next thing you know, you get your guns taken away from you. Or, or worst case, you know, something that's really close to home to all of us. How many of us have not gotten to argue with our spouse? Let's say we're going through a divorce. The person records the you screaming and hollering. They go to the court and, the, and the, an attorney. Next thing you know, they're using that footage to get your guns removed during a, a divorce proceeding. So it, it, to me, the red flag laws are just very, very bad. Um, and, and besides that, who's going to be the person that makes that decision to take your guns away? Is it going to be a committee? Is it going to be a committee full of law enforcement officers? Will it be a committee full of um, community uh, folks? Or will it be a specialized consultant or somebody with former military or, uh, or a law enforcement background? Who's going to do that? I mean, it's just too tainted with holes that you could poke in all the way through it. And of the laws that were presented yesterday, the red flag laws to me is something that we should all be, I mean, I mean, in unison, say no and push really, really hard against that. Now, the ghost gun law, this is my take on that. I think of all the laws that have been discussed and talked about, uh, aside from just general background checks with no strings attached, this is the one law that I could possibly um, have, a, have a liking to or accept because what he's saying is that you can't take buy a kit and put the gun together at home and not get that. Uh, officially recognized um, as, a, as, a, as a gun. That's, to me, that's dangerous because you can have people that have ill intent that shouldn't have a gun or um, trying to sell a gun. They can make these guns at home and, and then get rid of them. So I, I just think the, that's the one law I can possibly attach myself with. It's building a gun, a ghost gun with these kits. Um, that, that's the only one that I, I felt thus far was something that I could, I could, I could, I could take. I could deal with the the taste of that law more so than any other. Uh, yeah, like I said, I I agree with that one too because um, if the, if there's no serial number on those kits or any of these uh, quote unquote ghost guns, um, you know, I mean, those kits uh, should be uh, handled just as any other firearm because even though it's not a fire, it's a firearm in in uh, many pieces is what it is. So it needs. Yeah, that's it, exactly what it is. Yeah, you need it needs to be treated as any other firearm. That's there's no doubt about that. So yeah, I mean that, that's uh, that that's for the safety of everybody because you have people that are, you know, part of a uh, um, doing bad things, stealing, you know, drugs, whatever. If they can get all these guns and put these guns together and then go out and commit crime. So I, I'm for that that particular one, maybe if that's what it is on and after further detail, but I haven't looked at it in detail, but it's based on what he said and what I've read. It seems like that, that has the strongest possibility to me of being accepted by uh, the two a community. If any. Yes. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Now, uh, a good friend of mine who uh, does a bunch of uh, video blogs by the name of Jericho green, he's out in uh, California. Okay. Uh, and, um, you know, he's obviously very pro-gun himself, <laughs> but, uh, you know, um, he was, t he was talking about, uh, the red flag laws too, and, and talked about, uh, how Biden addressed, uh, that, uh, 
that uh, abusive spouses um, are are also targeted. You know, as as far as um, what they look at in crime statistics too. And uh, I don't I don't know what the uh, percentage of that is. I never really looked into it. Um, but Jericho suggested that uh, one way to remedy this situation is for more women to take safety classes like uh, stuff that uh, Nagger provides. And, um, you know, so, so women feel more confident in themselves to defend themselves if a push comes to shove. They have a drunken spouse or a drunken boyfriend whatever and if they have to if they have to grab a gun and use it uh, they're in within their legal rights and we will see those statistics drop is what he says if we have more of that uh, what do you think I, I first of all I want to say I, I'm for women rights you know because I have a I have a daughter I have got a mom I got sisters I got a wife so I think women should be held on a higher pedestal than men I just generally speak I have a higher view of them uh, because there are women, they, they raise our kids, there are sisters, um, there are daughters. So that's just my personal take. Regarding firearms and women, I just think that, like here at NAGA, I'll give our organization as the best example, we have a high significant percentage of women that are active, and I mean really active in our organization. And I could see the confidence and, and the skill set of these women grow and grow after each session that they're, that they're practicing on the range every week, every evening. Um, and when you have that ability and that skill set, there's a, a heightened sense of confidence and you're, you're feel more secure about yourself because you know you can handle yourself with the firearm. It doesn't guarantee anything, obviously, but at least you have a, a base knowledge of, of skill and, and foundation that you can kind of work yourself from, work yourself up from. Um, I do think that is something that is, is needed to, you know, give women the ability to, if, and God forbid, I'm, I'm not promoting violence in any way, shape, or form, because I, I hate violence, but if something were to happen, it was my daughter who had a drunken boyfriend or husband that was, was trying to kill her, that I would, I would hope to God she would have a gun with her so she could protect herself and, and use that to, uh, you know, to save her life if he's trying to kill her. So um, it's an option, but it's got to be the last option. Um, but if it's there and you need to use it, by God, you know, you need to be able to, to, to walk out of the room alive, not dead. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, as far as uh, tactical training, too, is it uh, basically marksmanship uh, that's taught, or, or is there, do you have any uh, courses, have any, any uh, experts that come in uh, that in, in hand-to-hand combat uh, that teach uh, self-defense techniques? Like, if say, if you don't have a gun... Um, you know, you gotta you gotta adapt to the situation quickly, and uh, right. p- perhaps uh, maybe you need to use a club, or maybe you need to use a knife, or or you know, if a bit of martial arts training there. Do, do you have any uh, tactical training like that at all, ever? You know, one of the things that um, uh, we're able to uh, do with the tactical training because most of our folks coming in. 70 to 80% are newbies. They're just brand new to gun shooting and ranges mm-hmm. and firearms and rifles and 30 out sixes and all that stuff. So they're just learning. But we do, and thank God for this, we have a really consistent amount of folks that join that have high-level training from the military and law enforcement. We have a lot of folks that are parts of SWAT teams, um, former 
special operators with Rangers. We have Rangers, Green Berets, um, um, guys that have had ex- exhaustive experience over in the Middle East fighting, um, and they're NAGA members. The tactical, the training for those guys is completely different to your normal NAGA member. Um, so tactical training takes on a whole new level of understanding of what a firearm is and what it can and can't do because you're not worried about your basics. Everybody can shoot that takes tactical training. They're trying to manipulate the team or the, the strategy um, in unison. So that those are classes that that are customized that have to be um, put together. And, and quite honestly, they're, they're probably a little more expensive than your normal class because uh, of the skill set that's, that's required by the, uh, the instructors. But those are definitely customized classes because uh, the most of our folks just wanted to shoot. They want to go home and put the gun away in the uh, either in the upstairs and locked away in their uh, lockbox or their vault or something. But um, that's a small percentage as far as tactical training because that's advanced stuff. And even though we have those skills in our organization, and you know, we have a, a number of those guys that, are, as I said, are Green Berets or Rangers, um, for the most part, we want to train folks just on the basics, um, just so you know, you can go to the store, come home safe, and all that good stuff. Gotcha, gotcha. And as far as somebody who comes in uh, for training goes to goes to an event or seminar or anything like that that you uh, may be holding, uh, what uh, what types of weapons are are uh, normally used uh, during those events? Just uh, basic. Uh, um, rifles and uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, that's a great question because I'll give you an example. We had a, a range day here in Atlanta, and this is with, a, with our Bass Reefs chapter. And just as a, as a really good example, as your average chapter, um, most folks have pistols. I say seventy percent, eighty percent have pistols. The other half have ARs um, or uh, soft style rifles, and they have uh, pistols. You know, the Glocks, the Sigs, the HKs, the um, um, Walters, all those are the guns that most of our folks have, and they want to learn how to use those pistols for the most part for self-protection and a defensive stance. Um, a few others are trying to get competitive in IDPA, three-gun, um, NSSF uh, shooting competitions or Glock shooting sport competitions as well. But for the most part, just self-defense, self-defense, self-defense um, for the most part. And on the AR side, it's an even smaller group that really shoots. They shoot, but um, the AR is uh, it's a more expensive weapon to buy in the first place. And when you, you do have it, you have a smaller group that wants to practice with that. So most of our folks are they're, they're pistol folks. And uh, as far as uh, those who enjoy uh, the great outdoors, those that are hunters and fishermen, things like that, uh, What's the how high is the percentage of uh, of people who who are outdoorsmen uh, join NAGA? Would you say? You no, know, that's the the one area that we're really growing. Um, we recently had a couple of articles on hunting in our newsletter um, a few months back, and we I got a lot of interest, um, and I was surprised that so many folks were were actually hunting that that were African American that I, I wasn't aware of, particularly in the southeast. You know, Alabama, Mississippi, Georgia, Texas. No, not Texas so much, but Florida. Um, there's a lot of African Americans that hunt that love to hunt. They've been hunting for generations. Their dads taught them how to hunt. But I would say about maybe maybe five percent. That number is growing because hunting trying to be reintroduced to the African American community. Because at one point back in the, you know, before this generation, my my dad's generation, 
and and the generation before that, everybody hunted because you're living usually in a rural area. Your 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 twenty two rifle was used to not to play around with you. That's how you got dinner. <laughs> and um, those skills are starting to be uh, captured again in our community. So I say about five percent as far as hunting. Yeah, yeah. You know, I I lived in South Carolina for a very short period of time, and at at that was actually the first time I had uh, lived uh, anywhere. Um, east of the Mississippi. And, um, you know, obviously I, I lived in Myrtle beach and, um, at the time that was uh, probably the highest population of African Americans I had ever been around. Of course that, that was until I lived in Tennessee for a while. And, and, um, and, and then when I left Tennessee, I was, uh, you know, I was so used to seeing African Americans like in grocery stores and whatnot, and I go somewhere else and I don't see that many. And uh, it was, I, you know, it was like, whoa, wait a minute, where'd they all go? You know. So, <laughs> right. right. Um, but but the point is, though, when I lived in South Carolina, is where I met uh, probably the highest percentage of uh, African American out, outdoorsmen. I. In, in my life, you know, because, um, there were things in South Carolina that I had never seen before. Like, uh, I wasn't, I was very close where I was living was, uh, right, right there at a golf course uh, in our backyard. And there was a pond there with, uh, fish, but, uh, I had never seen wild turtles like that before. And, uh, so, and, and I'm, t- I'm talking uh, to one of my, uh, my colleagues where I was employed at the time. And, uh, he's, he was telling me how him and his dad would, would they go fishing? If they snagged a turtle, they'd really start reeling in because he said, he was talking about, uh, how good turtles were, you know, for dinner. And, um, you know, so, and, uh, they, they talked about too, they talked about, uh, hunting alligator and all that. So, so none of that, what you just told me really surprises me because, after living in South Carolina, because, uh, I, th- I think they've always been there. It's just so unknown and it's starting to emerge again. Wow. Well, I, you know, it, 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 I believe that people, when they get information presented to them, presented to them in a very positive and attractive way, they're going to be more inclined to do it. And hunting is, and being outdoors. I mean, I was a kid, we used to play outdoors all the time. We used to fish. We used to run around. We had a great time. I never even wanted to come inside just to eat and go to sleep. I mean, that was the only purpose. And do my, I obviously had to do chores as a kid. But out, being outdoors is something special about that. And I think that's one of the things that this generation, I think, is kind of lost with this new technology. <laughs> um, I, I think they're missing out. And hunting, and even though I'm not a real big on hunting, I, I think I like to advocate for it because I understand when you're outdoors, you're with nature. It's fresh and, it, and it's clean and it's wholesome, and that's what our young folks need and 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 older adults need as well because it's a it's a nice lifestyle. Uh, you're kind of in one with nature, and I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that and promoting that. I think that's a, a better way to live and a better way to interact with uh, you know with the, with the bigger outdoors. Absolutely, absolutely, I mean, and you're absolutely right too. I mean, uh, look at uh, the statistics of obesity from the 1950s until now. I mean, uh, obviously, the, we have Xboxes, we got the internet, we got Netflix and all that. We've got all kinds of things, plus to go with a bunch of processed food 
to add to obesity. I mean, that's obviously another discussion for another time, but you're absolutely right. Yeah, I, I, you know what? It's funny, and I, I'll say this real quick about obesity. When I was a kid, you know, there were chubby kids in the neighborhood, but it was there weren't that many. You, when a kid was chubby, you, you kind of stuck out because you're, everybody else is so active. But nowadays, it's, it's so prevalent because kids do not want to get outside. They just, they're stuck in front of a TV. Um, the level of diabetes, particularly in the African American community, is higher because our kids and their mothers and fathers are sitting down and and not being active. So, um, circling back to what you were initially saying, out, being outdoors is a good thing, and, and hunting being a part of that uh, can only add to your experience and add to having some value, putting you know being interjected into your life. So, I'm a big advocate of hunting and fishing, camping. Um, I just think it's a really healthy lifestyle. For, for everybody and, I, and the African-American community, it's something, something we need to really embrace because I think it's, it's, a, it's a lot of fun, for lack of a better word. Yes, yes, exactly. Exactly, I agree with you 100% there. Now, one silly question I just got to ask because I remember the first time I, fi- I fired a, a decent rifle. I'm going to say it was high-powered, of course, but uh, funny story, I had my eye too close to the scope. And and was n- not aware of what what was about to happen. I I wanted. What's that? Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, you're fine. Um, so when it you say you have a lot of newbies in uh, your organization, so when it comes to uh, dealing with the uh, recoil, how do you how do you go about uh, educating on that so so nobody gets hurt too bad or gets a has has to get stitches on their forehead because of the scope or something. Like. <laughs> One of the things that NAG has been really blessed with nationally, and I think I kind of touched upon it earlier in one of your other uh, response, my, my responses, we've been blessed with probably some of the most talented ex-law enforcement, active law enforcement, ex-military, active military that are now NAGA members. So when we have our, our, our day uh, out on the range, First of all, before anybody even is allowed to touch the gun or pull their gun out their bag or uh, unholster, we have a safety briefing. And in that, in that safety briefing, we obviously go over the four universal rules. We talk about the range rules. We talk about if anything happens in case of emergency, who's going to be the designated person to contact the ambulance, who's going to be the designated person to um, direct the ambulance to the, uh, the area. We go over every detail of emergencies and, and um, uh, processes in place before we even start the shooting. When we start the shooting, we identify those members that we've never seen before that are there. If you've never shot a gun, we're going to take you to the side, and one-on-one we'll have a trained instructor and a range officer make sure that you can shoot, first of all. What's your skill set? If you've never shot before, then obviously you're going to be over in this section. You're not going to be with more experienced shooters. And it's going to be very, very carefully controlled. We're going to teach you or begin the process of showing you how to shoot a gun. We just don't push people out on the range and take their word that they can shoot. <laughs> That's how people get hurt. Yes. I want to see, when I say I, the, the person leading the, the training session wants to see what do you know to do how, uh, with a gun. Do you know how to hold a gun? Where's your trigger finger? What kind of muscle management do you have? Do you understand keeping guns on range? Do you, when you're looking at the four universal rules, do you understand what those four rules are really saying about safety for the general range? We go over all of that. And that's why we've had no 
accidents, knock on wood, um, thus far. And when they are shooting, before they get that recoil in their eye, to your point, um, that range officer is going to say, hey, you've got a 30 out 6 in your hand. Um, you're about to shoot it. This is what's going to happen. And he'll demonstrate to them, and he'll say, to avoid that, you need to back off or hold it a little bit lower on your shoulder, um, get, get some distance, you know, all that good stuff. So we, we have some really good instructors that have real-life experience in the military and law enforcement that can speak to the exact detail of, of the issue that we were, uh, that he's trying to, that he or she is trying to train to train them, train to. So we have some very good women as well. That's good. That's real good. Yeah. Cause yeah, my, uh, my uncle who, uh, oversaw me, uh, shoot that, uh, 243, um, you know, he wanted me to learn by experience, which I, I don't know why he didn't tell me that's going to, that's going to hit you in the face if you're that close. And, uh, yeah, and I, you know what? I got a thirty out six two, and of all my guns, that's my least favorite. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's a it's a it's a big boy. It's a, it's a tough boy too. It's, it's strong, man. It's a powerful recoil, very powerful. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you really quick too. Um, I actually uh, got my first deer with a thirty out six, but uh, it was a very different type of rifle. It was uh, it was used in World War Two by my great grandfather. And it had, wow. it had peep sights. Um, you may think the gun would kick like a mule, but uh, but it weighed probably about 15 pounds. So wow. it really didn't, because of the excess weight, it didn't have a lot of recoil. Yeah, the weight absorbed that uh, the kick. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But uh, I'm, my current gun that I have now probably weighs uh, about five pounds, and it, it does have a decent kick, I will say. But wow. uh, yeah, but, uh, that's all the questions I have for you. Um, before we uh, hit the music set we got coming up, uh, I want you to go ahead and uh, give uh, the information uh, for NAGA to our listeners if anybody wants to join or. Uh, just to sure. look at basic overall information, where can they go? Sure, just go to W. And first of all, thank you for having me on the show. I've really enjoyed the conversation. I hope the listeners have gotten something out of me blabbing here today. Um, but you can go to www.naaga.co. Go to our home website, read up about the information on the, on the organization, and hopefully you'll, you'll want to join. We really are interested in having everybody um, have a chance to join our organization and hopefully uh, – get connected with us and have a good time. So please do. All right. Well, I really appreciate you taking some time and talking to me. And, uh, yeah, I am, uh, going to say I'm proud to be a member of NAGA and, uh, you know, I, I know we don't have any chapters in Idaho, but maybe I can push a few buttons to see what uh, can be done out here. Maybe you'll, maybe you'll be the first. <laughs> yes. That'd I, be great. Man. Yeah, absolutely. Be All right. Well, once again, I really appreciate your time. You take care. Thank you. God bless. Thank you. God bless. And that, ladies and gentlemen, wraps up our very first edition ever of Outlaw Radio Gun Talk. Now it's time for our next music set. And uh, unfortunately, yesterday, we lost DMX. And uh, in this upcoming music set, uh, I'm going to pay tribute to DMX. I'm playing a couple of his best songs. And we also have Magnolia Bayou, Ember's End, and Erica Dawn. Be right back after this.
How dare you and who in the hell fuck do you think you are? You're listening to Outlaw Radio, where we're proper gentlemen, because we always ask... Do you mind if I fart? You really know how to waste a Cialis, don't you? You're abusing my fan. Then it's gonna be quick Alright, oh, you may have been to jail before Suck my dick And all the motherfuckers you run with Get done with it Done quick How the fuck you gonna poke the dog With some bum shit Alright, they go to gun click Now I'm one, one shit All over some dumb shit Ain't that some shit They niggas remind me of a strip club Cause every time you come around It's like what? I just gotta get my dick sucked And I don't know who the fuck You think you talking to But I'm not him, I Slim So watch what you do Or you gon' find yourself Very next to someone else And we all thought you loved yourself But that couldn't have been the issue Or maybe they just say you're not now cause they miss you Shit a nigga tried to diss you That's why you laying on your back Looking at the roof of the church Preacher telling the truth and it hurts Y'all gon' make me lose my mind Up in here, up in here Y'all gon' make me go all out Up in here, up in here Y'all gon' make me act a fool Up in here, up in here Y'all gon' make me lose my cool Up in here up in here, off the chain. I leave niggas soft for the brain. This niggas still want the fame, off the name. First of all, you ain't rap long enough to be fucking with me. You, you ain't strong enough. So whatever it is you puffing on, I got you thinking that you Superman. I got the kryptonite, should I smack him with my dick in the mic? Yeah, niggas characters, not even good actors. What's gonna be the outcome? It's out of all the factors. You whack, you twisted, your girl's a hoe. You broke, the kid ain't yours, and everybody knows. Your own man say you stupid. You be like, so I love my baby mother. I never let her go. I'm tired. A weak ass niggas whining over foot that don't belong to them. Fuck is wrong with them? They fuck it up for real niggas like my man's in them. Who get it all on the strip for the hands with them? Man, y'all gon' make me lose my mind. Up in here, up in here. Y'all gon' make me go all out. Up in here, up in here. Y'all gon' make me act a fool. Up in here, up in here. Y'all gon' make me lose my cool. Up in here. I bring down rings, the heaviest curse the head. No more talkers, put them in the dirt and stay. You keep walking, unless you trying to end up red. Cause if I end up dead, I end up dead. Cause you just soft type nigga, fake up dog type nigga. Push like a soft white nigga. Dog is a dog, blood sticking in water. We done been through the mud and we quicker the slaughter. The bigger the order, the more guns we want out. When the finish, everybody come out. When the body burn out, send in the sun out. I'ma keep the gun out. Nigga running his mouth, I'ma blow his lung out. Listen. Your ass is about to be missing You know who gon' find you? Some old man fishing Grandma wishing your soul's at rest But it's hard to digest with the size of the hole in your chest Y'all gon' make me lose my mind Up in here, up in here Y'all gon' make me go all out Up in here, up in here Y'all gon' make me act a fool Up in here, up in here Y'all gon' make me lose my cool Up in here, up in here Meet me outside, 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 meet me
talk to you lord since the last time we talked the walk has been hard now i know you haven't left me but i feel like i'm alone i'm a big boy now but i'm still not grown i'm still going through it pain in the hurt soaking up trouble like rain in the dirt and i know only i can stop the neck the pain with just a mention of my savior's name in the name of jesus devil i rebuke you for what i go through we're trying to make me do what i used to but all that stops right here as long as the lord's in my life i will have no fear i will know no pain from the light to the dark i will know no shame spit it right from the heart because it's right from the start that you held me down and ain't nothing they can tell me now lord give me a sign outlaw radio remembers dmx Yeah, another one of those. This is for my nigga Q. Down to earth, join the peace, baby. You know how we roll. There's so many that don't know. This goes out to my nigga Q. Rest in peace, baby. The drama, the guns, the armor, the city, the farmer, the babies, the mama, the projects, the drugs, the children, the thugs, the tears, the hugs, the love, the slugs, the funerals, the wakes, the churches, the coffins, the heartbroken mothers, it happens too often, the problems, the things we use to solve them, Yonkers, the Bronx, Brooklyn, Harlem, the hurt, the pain, the dirt, the rain, the jerk, the fame, the work, the game, the friends, the foes, the the hoes, the studios, the shows, comes and it goes. The jealousy, the envy, the phony, the friendly, the one that gave him the slugs, the one that put him in me. The snakes, the grass, too long to see. The lawnmower sitting right next to the tree. Go to jail or get your ass kicked right. The lawyers, the part uh, they are of the puzzle uh-huh. The release, the warning, try not to get in trouble Damn. The snitches, the eyes, uh, probation, parole what? The new charge, the bail, the warrant, the hole Damn. The cell, the bus, the ride, a car uh-huh. The greens, the boots, the yard You caught, uh, the fighting, the stabbing, the pulling, the grabbing what? The riot squad with the captain, nobody knows what happened what? The two years in a box, revenge, the plots uh, The 23 hours that's locked the one now but that's not The silence, the dark, the mind So fragile, the wish that the streets Would have took you when they had you The days, the months, the years Despair, one night on my knees Here it comes, the prayer
I was his, it was right what I did My ups and downs, my slips, my falls My trials and tribulations, my heart, my balls My mother, my father, I love him, I hate him Wish God I didn't have him, but I'm glad that he made him The roaches, the rats, the strays, the cats The guns, knives, and bats Every time I scrap, the hustling, the dealing The robbing, the stealing, the shit hit the ceiling Little boy with no feelings, the frustration, rage Trapped inside a cage, the beatings till the age I carried a 12 days Somebody stop me, Please. somebody come and get me what? Little did I know that the law was riding with me The dark, the light, uh, my heart, uh, the fight uh, The wrong, uh, the right, uh, it's gone uh, I don't Down on the inside 
miss, but I simply can't resist. You know, I think you get the gist.
little different than the rest Of course you grabbed your coffee and your fireproof vest But as you walked out that door I never dreamed The house on 32nd Street Would take you from me People said you were a hero You were tougher than life Taking in the line of duty On that full moon November night Officer down they shouted as The man pulled that gun As the bullet shot across the room You shielded everyone Everyone Heaven gained my hero My daddy and my love Jesus took him up to Media clippings Fill each shop around this town And each day was a reminder Of the soldier never found The first to fight for my rights And freedom in this land Daddy, I'll walk in your boots Medal of Honor in my hand My hand Have to gain my hero
USAC Incorporated, the United South Africa Coalition, comprises groups and individuals around the world working together to create public global awareness of the genocide in South Africa and to develop community restoration programs that will make South Africa a safe place for all races to thrive. USAC works to inform world leaders of the present-day conditions in South Africa through documents, news reports, images, videos, publications, petitions, and witness statements to unite with South African leaders to bring meaningful assistance to people in South Africa, to educate and develop trade schools to improve the quality of life in South Africa, to enact employment laws that are fair and equal for all in South Africa, and to work on trade development projects to improve South Africa's economy. To join USAC and for more information about USAC and what you can do, visit usac.center. This is the Renegade Show. You have three different scenarios here, and I'll give them to you. No, I said scenarios, not Cheerios. Coming to you coast to coast and around the world on your favorite radio station. How did you get Cheerios from scenarios? All right, it's time for the Renegade Pick of the Week countdown. Here we go, counting it down all the way to number one. Who farted? Yeah, we'd like to welcome you to the Renegade family. Does anybody even remember Doogie Hauser? I think it's fair to warn you that by listening to this show, you're committing a misdemeanor in four states. Three children are asking their parents where babies come from. Two children run away, and one mother ends up crying by the end of the show. This is the Renegade Show. Go to Facebook.com slash Radio Chris Master to find out days, times, and stations of where you can catch the Renegade Show. Hey, everybody, it's your boy Westdog from the GF6 Show reminding you to check us out on the baddest station on the planet. For station and broadcast times, go to www.gf6.com. That's G-F-S-I-X.com. You know what we do. Blow it up. Support Outlaw Radio and friends and buy some cool stuff in the store section of OutlawRadioABS.com. Show the world how much you love Outlaw Radio with Outlaw Radio t-shirts and hats. In the CTM store, a service of Caravan to Midnight, find items to help make your life easier and better, including water purification by Berkey, delicious long-term storable food by My Patriot Supply, the New Eden Nutritional Support System, the Ionic Toothbrush System, a better way to clean your teeth, the Invisible Mask, a negative ion generator, 
vibrator that hangs from your neck like a pendant that mitigates incoming pollution. The High Ion BioKey Quantum Scalar Energy Pendant, EMF mitigating fabrics and clothing, and some really cool infrared night vision binoculars. In the Cranked Up Coffee Shop, a service of Cranked Up Live, entertain your taste buds with coffee that even the aficionados love. Some of the best blends from around the world, including Serato and Grindhouse Brew. Visit outlawradioabs.com and click on the store link. A service of Outlaw Radio and AOW Productions. From the bowels of a nondescript building in a little hick town, this is Outlaw Radio. I'm not in a mood to deal with you today, you stupid asshole! Alright, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Outlaw Radio. Brought to you by Coldcock Whiskey. Raise your glass, take a shot. You must be 21 years of age or older to drink. Hunter Athletic, gear up, let's train. And USAC, the United South Africa Coalition. Go to USAC.center for more information. The songs you just heard. You just heard Erica Dawn with Officer Hero. One of my favorite songs from her. Before that, Embers End with Tear It Down. Yes, I remember interviewing them back in 2016. They are unfortunately no longer around, but uh, the music is still there, still great music, and uh, hopefully they get back together and do something else. Before that, Magnolia Bio with, excuse me, let me rephrase that, Magnolia Bayou with Tupelo. Before that, DMX with Who We Be, and starting off the whole set, DMX with Party Up. And again, rest in peace, DMX. It's a shame that we lost him. Yes, it is. All right, so moving on, as Chris would say, it is time. This is Outlaw Radio. News of the Weird. From the Outlaw Radio Newsroom, it is I, Bad Billy. And what is going on in the world of weird news? Two dozen monkeys escape from German Zoo for the day. Okay. (laughs) Berlin. About two dozen monkeys broke out of the southwestern German Zoo and spent the day lulling in the sun near a forest before being recaptured authorities said Thursday the Barbary uh, I can't okay Barbary apes okay because there's a word I can't pronounce the Barbary apes escaped from the zoo in uh, Lofingen I guess that's how it's pronounced (laughs) German town southwest of uh, Stuttgart and not far from the Swiss border. It was not entirely clear how they got away, but construction work at the zoo might have been a factor, police said. The primates were spotted in the area in a pack, but zoo employees were unable to recapture them and eventually lost track of them. A few hours later, they were spotted, recaptured, and returned to their cages without incident, police said. The animals apparently took advantage of the nice weather and spent 
the afternoon on the edge of a forest near the zoo, police said. The Barbary apes are, are native to the Atlas Mountains of North Africa and has a small famous presence across the water in Europe in the British territory of uh, I cannot pronounce this uh, G-I-B-R-A L-T-A-R okay whatever it may be alright so moving on what else we got what else we got let's see here University of Kentucky mistakenly sends over 500,000 acceptance. In Lexington, Kentucky, the University of Kentucky, excuse me, the University of Kentucky sent acceptance emails to 500,000 high school students high school seniors for a program that usually accepts about three dozen students a year. The high school, or excuse me, the school followed up with another email less than 24 hours later and apologized for its mistakes, citing a technical issue WLEX reported. The only handful of those on the prospect list have been admitted to UK UK sports spokesperson Jay Blayton said the vast majority had not nor had the vast majority of these students expressed interest in the program nevertheless we regret the communication error and have sent correspondence to all of those who were contacted offering our apologies the acceptance was for this fall in the clinical leadership and management program in the College of Health Services or Health Sciences. A very small number, uh, a handful of students who received the acceptance email had expressed interest in these in this particular program and all students who should have been admitted received their acceptance letters, Blayton said. Mary Doherty, a senior from San Antonio, Texas, received the email. I was like, Mom, I just got accepted to the University of Kentucky. And she's like, Oh, I didn't know you applied to the University of Kentucky. And I was like, Oh, I did not, Doherty told the station. Other students said they never applied to UK, visited, or or never applied to UK visited or even went on its website I had googled it just to make sure it was a real college because I've heard of them Aaron Esping a senior from Georgia <laughs> all right and let's see what else what else we got going on here oh this looks interesting this looks interesting Georgia man who received 91,515 pennies as final paycheck cashes out. 
Okay, a Georgia man received his final paycheck in over 90,000 oil-soaked pennies from a disgruntled former employer as has experienced a change for the better, finally cashing out his huge chunk of coins. Andreas Flayton of Fayetteville, Georgia, originally found a pile of 91,515 pennies on his driveway in March with a note attached to them that's, that read, Fuck you. <laughs> Very nice. So he just gives them a shitload of pennies. Wow. According to the interview, the Flayton, According to the interview given by Flayton to local to local media, the penny pile was a work of Miles Walker, the owner of AOK Walker Auto Works Body Shop in Peachtree, Georgia. Walker had reportedly denied Flayton his last paycheck and only acquiesced after Flayton contacted the Georgia Department of Labor. Coinstar, known for its coin cashing kiosks, came to Flayton's assistance after his story went viral. The company picked up the heap of coins which Flayton had stored in a wheelbarrow with pennies that had been de- deflated from the staggering. W- excuse me. The wheel. Stored in a wheel, but it was stored in a wheelbarrow with wheels that had deflate, deflated from the staggering weight, and gave them, gave him one thousand dollars in cash. It was a stock. It was a shock and frustrating to be paid in this matter, and it was an extra burden that the pennies were covered with an oily substance. Flayton said in a press release, "I was sending." An hour or I was sp- I was spending an hour or two a night trying to clean the pennies and probably cleaned off about five dollars worth. Jim Jim Garrity, Coinstar CEO, said the company's process approximately forty one billion coins annually. So picking up 91,000 pennies was all in a day's work. You imagine making that your last paycheck. Uh, that many pennies. Wow. I mean, uh, did it take the employer wondering how much time it took him just to uh, load that up? I mean, that had to have taken a lot of extra time and I'd have to say that was a lot of wasted time, too. Finally, (laughs) what an idiot. Could have been another uh, idiot of the week, but uh, the one that we had this week was uh, good enough. All right, so with that said, ladies and gentlemen, it is time for Shower Thoughts. Abuse is abuse, whether it comes from a person that thinks they care from a, or from a person that couldn't care less. Most, most of people don't notice when you do housework, but when you do it, everybody notices. Somewhere there's a piece of paper that's been in the same printer 
tray for years because new paper is always loaded on top of it before the paper runs out. You're better off looking stupid <laughs> you're better off looking stupid asking than looking stupid and acting. If a penalty for breaking the law can be a if a penalty for breaking the law can be a fine, then the law only applies to regular people. Vampire slugs wouldn't stand a chance against garlic salt. Eyebrows are fucking weird, mate. We just grow hair on our foreheads and go along with it. The unstoppable spread of influence, excuse me, the unstoppable spread of influ influencers. Oh, there's words in here I can't pronounce. Fuck this shit. Like the genre or not, metal is in everyone's blood. Gordon Ramsay is a pressure cooker. Well, that's true, and I wouldn't want to be anywhere near his kitchen. <laughs> Son of a bitch would get flattened, knocked on his ass, I swear. I mean, uh, he may have his credentials as a chef, but uh, I'm not a person you talk to the way he does talk to people. I'd, I wouldn't put up with that. You need a lot of money to rob a bank properly. Okay. You won't ever stand on the stairs backwards. Amazon makes billions spending out of boxes for cats to sit in it. And that's true, and I've seen that personally quite a bit. Wikipedia is considered to be one of the most unreliable sources, yet it is the first one we use when looking for information, and I can definitely vouch for that. Pac-Man is a drug addict who's hallucinating seeing ghosts. Until uh, one of them catches him, of course. We trust a 4.9 star review more than we trust a 5.0. The Flintstones is the terrifying Planet of the Apes future for characters of the Dinosaurs TV show. You're a better dancer when nobody is watching. And you're probably a better singer when nobody's hearing, either. As ugly as you are, you're still way better looking than the royal family. <laughs> Knitters are human textile 3D printers. Calling your teacher mom as a kid is very embarrassing for you, but you would probably make the teacher's day. Many people only want to be in the right side of history after it's already, you know, history. Sex gave us the idea for all kinds of electronic ports and sockets. We got, we got our ass spanked because our parents didn't know how to deal with the situation. I disagree with that, because sometimes dealing with the situation means, that's right, an ass-whooping. As a kid running in a hotel, excuse me, as a kid running in a hotel felt like we were running the 
ten, ten by uh, one of one of these fucking words I can't pronounce. I bet you I've probably heard it before. Maybe I've even used it, but I've never seen the spelling. <laughs> Every race is a mixed race. It's true, since I'm Native American and Scottish and German. Yeah. <laughs> The amount of people older than you only, excuse me, the amount of people older than you only ever gets shorter. If a 3D printer can print another 3D printer, then it's asexual. The paper or wood that would one day become your death certificate may already be out there waiting for you. That's a scary fucking thought. Someday technology will render socks obsolete. Oh, maybe. I don't know. Cats probably doesn't refer to themselves as cats. Teachers probably find most stupid things students do very funny, but are not allowed to laugh about it. Every hour on the hour, alarm clocks around the world simultaneously ring. Ovens and toasters can be identified as particle accelerators. For someone who hates Ned Flanders so much, Homer has paid a lot of attention to what he says. And that is very, very true. If, if it wasn't for chickens, you couldn't eat cake. Back before refrigeration had been invented, like not that long ago, ice cubes would would have been a really rare commodity for people in warm weather climates. Like they probably wouldn't even they probably wouldn't ever had a drink with ice in it. Crazy. A butterfly has the same DNA as the caterpillar it came from. Yes. And there's one I'm not going to read. It's very disrespectful, referring to DMX, especially after I just ran that tribute. I'm not going to read that. Fuck that shit. Blow tortures are lighters on steroids. Somewhere, somebody, somewhere lost their virginity in a casket. And I've heard of Like Alice Cooper, I think, talked about doing that. We're all shapeshifters, but we all just change very slowly. A person grabbing a speeding missile out of the air will never happen, yet it remains one of the awesomest things that can ever happen in a superhero movie. If somebody could do that, they're probably, I don't know. <laughs> the Roman Empire technically took over the majority of the world. Whenever your house floods, your kitchen island becomes an actual island. Billboards earn companies money by having people take their eyes off the road. Never thought of it that way, but yeah. Anakin is kind of creepier with Padme. I don't know, I refuse to watch Star Wars anymore since they went all wake. Or woke is the word. <laughs> Cats can fake purring how 
like how girls fake orgasms. That's kind of cool. <laughs> and ladies and gentlemen, that will do it for News of the Weird slash Shower Thoughts. All right, so what's in the lineup next week is yet to be determined. Um, of course, I am uh, sent out mass emails uh, recently to uh, some of those that will be performing at Highway 30 Music Fest 2021 because uh, that time is getting closer and closer. Also, I will... Um, the time we normally do our uh, anniversary show, well, that's going to uh, be a week later because uh, June 5th and 6th of this month, or this in June of that week, I do apologize. I will be in South Dakota. I'm going to be meeting up with John B. Wells and some of the guests that I that I've had on the show too, like Dan Happel is going to be there, and uh, yes, John and Brindy, and I am definitely looking forward to that. So, and then, uh, yes, pretty soon it's gonna, I'm going to be looking into who's going to be on the next, the sixth anniversary of Outlaw Radio. All right, so to end the show, I have my good buddy Jesse Damon Easter with poison in my mind thank you very much for tuning in to outlaw radio and i shall be back next week are you tired of modern pop music that sounds like a dog fucking a squeaky toy well that's why you're listening to outlaw radio we tell bad bed music to piss up a rope we give you our opinions and if a fight breaks out so fucking what this is Outlaw Radio. I never thought the time would come The day it finally comes undone It sends it falling I To the ground it crashes down It crashes down Shattering pieces all around Creating tension
you're in a band or maybe you run a radio show or podcast whatever you do you want to market your brand with custom made apparel look no further than fresh baked tees t-shirts hoodies tank tops caps beanies koozies banners and even masks you can get them all custom made from fresh baked tees prices are reasonable and negotiable Simply go to freshbakedtees.com, submit your logo, and place your order today. If you've been searching for a show that talks about what's trending in the world, entertainment gossip, stupid news, and more, sizzling talk radio that is not dumbed or watered down, a show that is not for pussies, then you need to stop searching and check out The Charles Richardson Show. It's uncensored talk radio. No crybabies. No losers. No fucktards. Charles Richardson and crew bring it 100% with real opinions. If you can't take it, Get the fuck out. You can even call the show and flap your gums, provided you have a brain. For the 411 stations and showtimes, like The Charles Richardson Show on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash The Charles Richardson Show. Some material may not be suitable for children under 18. The Charles Richardson Show. You want some? Come get some. You and I didn't choose to be targets in the age of terror, but innocents like us will continue to be slaughtered in concert halls, sports stadiums, restaurants, and airplanes. No amount of bloodshed will ever satisfy the demons among us. These cowards dream of inflicting more damage, more suffering, more terror. No target is too intimate or too sacred for these monsters. They will come to where we worship, where we educate, and where we live. But when evil knocks on our doors, Americans have a power no other people on the planet share. 
the full-throated right to defend our families and ourselves with our Second Amendment. Let fate decide if mercy is offered to the demons at our door. I'm the National Rifle Association of America, and I'm freedom's safest place. Hi, it's the Big Voice Guy, the one who intros and promos the show you're listening to right now. Hi, my name is Jim Hunt. I voice for a growing list of internet and terrestrial radio stations, podcasts, and businesses. I'd love to spread the word about yours, too, no matter if the message is serious or silly. Whether you want the delivery to be hard-hitting, voice of authority, or conversational, warm, and fuzzy. From fully produced station imaging and commercials to custom phone system messages on hold and IVR prompts, voiceovers for computer games to narrations for presentations, even post-production audio editing and audio cleanup services. Yeah, I do them too. I'm your guy. I do business as Jim Hunt voiceovers and audio services. My rates are reasonable and negotiable because I love internet radio too. Visit my website, jimhuntvo.com. I'm Jim Hunt, at your service. Put my voice and audio production skills to work for you. Let's do this. You have been listening to Outlaw Radio. Be sure to leave your feedback by calling 208-957-7016. All feedback is played and replied to on the show. Visit our official website at outlawradioabs.com. Outlaw Radio is a presentation of AOW Productions. Well, here I am sitting on a porch writing another song. Wailing, Willie, David Allen, cool. You can't go wrong. You're such great outlaw boys, just like me. Man, can't you see? Cold. 
Man in black and the possum, George Jones. 